out and about for Nutrien and uh, getting around to some of the farms. I suppose what's a little bit quieter, Jackie Gibson from Success Stud. Firstly, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to you. <laughs> Beautiful young. You were complaining about how cold it was. I think we need to move you down to Victoria. It's actually it's pleasant enough this time of year. It, it is. It's um. You know you're alive. Yes, you do. I've yes. actually uh, I have actually got the Success Stud beanie. Don't need it in here with a with a heater. Um, firstly, I, I'm want to find out a little bit more about the farms and and get out there and about people and who knows where this this conversation will go one where is success stud based we're based in young um so we're right in the in the middle of the riverina the southwest slopes takes us uh, about two hours to get to canberra five five and a half to melbourne and the three and a half four into sydney yeah. So we're nice and central. You only what would you be forty minutes off the highway basically? Is that, would that be yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, just hop off there at the Yas, yep. and through you come. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And Young's known to be um, the cherry capital of Australia. They grow a lot of cherries around here. I live in Har- oh, no, far from Harcourt in Victoria. Don't worry about that. Yeah. They, they pride themselves on theirs as well. Yeah. Um, predominantly cropping area, I guess. Yeah, it is a lot of cropping. Um, this little area around Harden, they grow some of the best hard wheat. Yep. In Australia, and a lot of sheep and cattle, and um, mainly sheep, but um, yeah, full-on grazing area. How long have you been here? We, we were looking at some pictures just around there in the corner just here before, and um, time does get away. But how long have, yeah. have you guys actually been here? Well, it was funny because it was only yesterday. Mum came out and she said, "You know, um, we've been here 30 years." I said, "No, I had no idea, no yeah. idea that we'd been here. That that well, that was when Mum and Dad first bought the little 50 acres." that originally started with that dirty word of our retirement. And that was what it was? Yeah. So, so what was that, mum and dad, what were their involvement prior to coming here? Were they, did they have success stud somewhere else? Yeah, we had success stud up at Oakey and we were there for 21 years. Um, a big property up there, um, 600 mares, five stallions, that sort of thing. So they kicked that off in 1972, I think they started up there. And um, yeah, so then we were offered, you know, big money to sell out of, from there and they thought, right, you know, we'll retire and they looked around and Dad always knew where Young was because he used to do a lot of work with um, Eric and Roy Harpley. Yep. Um, used to buy horses from them and, you know, sell them and, and that sort of thing. You know, that was before he and Mum settled down. And um, we said, oh, you know, I always liked Young. So they came looking for you know, a place around here. And Dad was on the wrong road. He was actually looking for Kingsvale Road, which is parallel to Back Creek Road that we're on. Kept driving up and down, and um, this place actually had a for sale sign out the front and some beautiful Hereford cattle in the paddock next door. And Dad said, oh, we'll drive in there. And Mum said, no, 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 it'll be too big of a place for us. And, you know, look at the size of those cattle, they're beautiful. And Dad said, oh, so I drove in anyway, and it was just a little 50-acre block in the middle of two big farms. And, and it was ideal was for what mum and dad were up. Yeah, well, they thought they were going to retire. Yeah. How big was the farm at Oakie, did you say? 600? Um, 600 acres. Wow. And they used to run when the... Um, used to have up to six stallions they had there. And um, they had, you know, 500 mares on during the stud season. So it was, um, yeah, pretty pretty busy. One stage they had 12 on the staff. And, um, yeah, so it was a, 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 big, a big operation. Some of the better stallions they had at the time? Um, well, we had three times one there, another horse, Viking Fury. Yep. He was yep. Viking Fury for a long time. I think he was he had 19% winners to starters or something like that, so he was right up there. Um, he, and then Dad imported a lot of stallions um, over the years. He had 
on his sheet that he had, I think there were 72 horses that he'd been in the, involved in bringing into Australia. He and John McMullen were the first sort of big importers of the horses. Yeah. And yeah. It's, uh, it must have been a big step for Dad to step away from something that big. I know, like, you, you say the R word, but... I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. No, well, um, because they'd been doing it for so for so long, you know, um, and the opportunity came to, to sell out and then um, just to, you know, just enjoy life a little bit. And uh, they still had their own their own mares, and at that stage um, we owned a, quite a few stallions, so we had those leased out around yep. in this area. So mum and dad had come down and helped the stud farms with their fertility rates and so on, and and where the stallions were, we had them leased. And uh, so they thought, oh, they'd just cruise along with that idea. And then mum had a few Australian ponies that she was breeding, and and so on. And yeah, this that was that was the idea, and then. It changed. Uh, she had a stallion um, that she that Mum actually owned um, called Walt Hanover. Yep. And um, he was standing with Tony Dumasy up at Parks, and Tony said, "Oh, I think you know I've had Walt for a long time now." So Mum said, "Oh, well, we'll bring him home here." And they kicked off their first year with seventeen mares that came to breed to Walt Hanover. Was that the first year they came? Yeah. Yep. So yep. even though they've gone in retirement, yep. they still actually ended up with a stallion. Yeah, still yep. got one of the stallions back. And, um, yeah, so 17 mares and, um, yeah, it just sort of kicked on from there. So what was the plan when they came here? To they were just going to, you know, retire and, um, you know, still have an involvement, you know, through their repro work and so on. But, um, anyway, just just grew up a bit more. I was living and working in Brisbane and um, just you know, not, not terribly happy up there. And, and Dad, had we had some yearlings getting ready. He said, oh, well, you better, you better come home and get these yearlings ready. And that was it. I came home. I spent six months just floating around wearing my tracksuit pants. And um, Mum said, she said to Dad, tell Jackie she needs to tidy herself up and get out of those tracksuit pants, go to town and get a job. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. I just went and worked in Young for a little while and the no not really my scene and thought oh well, i'll come back to the farm and that's what we did we cranked up cranked it up and started S start again yeah yeah so success started at oaky yearling sales and things were big on the agenda or was oh. it just always just breeding horses no 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 that was that was huge one year we went to it threw into brisbane for the sale we were there at like the the inaugural part of um apg when it started yep um, and even before that, we used to sell with Greg Grant and um, different ones in Brisbane. So, yeah, we rocked up there um, 42 yearlings one year. Wow. Yeah, Brisbane Livestock came in with seven trucks. Wow. Yeah. So it's always been an integral part of what Success Start is and, yeah. and, and the makeup, I suppose, yes. of it. Yes. Um, and then to come here, um, you said you had 70 mares come to, to Walt Hanover. I would yep. imagine it would have been a slow burn, but, like, I mean, you, you ended up having quite a few horses still go through sales. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like we... Because Mum and Dad came here and it wasn't really the idea to, to get yep. as busy and, and so on again, and then, then we went through... We had three stallions here at one stage, and then, um, you know, Transport Seaman started up, and then that that's when we could, you know, really get going because... We didn't have to put our money into buying a stallion. We could put our money into getting better broodmares and um, then letting everybody else buy their stallions and you just work out who you want to go to. Do you, do you miss the stallions? Um, 
It, some, part, some parts of me I do. The last stallion that we had was a lovely little horse called Heartland Hanover and he was, I was involved, that was my first involvement in really, you know, getting in with Dad and, and finding him. Um, he was a lovely horse and he was good to work with and so on, but not really, no. You know, there's a lot of, um, when you buy a stallion and to get him established, you've got to be seen to be putting your best mares to him. Yep. And, you know, sometimes you think, oh, you know, I would like to breed somewhere else. Might be a better cross somewhere yeah, else, but you've got you've to You've still got to support your own horse. Um, so, no, I, I think now, no, I don't miss, the, don't miss the stallion work at all. And then obviously then being able to choose basically which straw you like um, yeah. and can go to horses that probably yep. makes it a little bit easier. Like, wind forward right up to now, I suppose it's also easier for you to get good clients on the farm mm. knowing you can go to anyone you want yeah, it doesn't actually matter absolutely they can breed to people that come here they can do to whatever they they want to breed to if we can get it we'll we'll do it you know we've got the frozen tank then we've got you know the transport that everyone does and yeah it's fantastic and something that you thought you know like in your involvement in the industry like i had a chat with peter judd and they're basically the same setup as yourself now where you're effectively a folding down farm mm. that don't have you know that service whatever stadiums people want yep. um and and the likes um it's quite interesting i hadn't thought about it until just sitting here with you now i would have said that it was only been so but it's quite interesting you guys are in the same boat mm. um and it's probably a good thing for the industry harness racing industry there is successful farms that basically are there just to look after people's mares and foals and get them to the yearling sales yeah yeah that's right there's um well, it always used to be the stud farms, you know, that yeah. had the stallions. They did everything and, and, you know, all the way through and then you had your clients in. But now that there's some, just some farms that are just purely stallion-based, there's a, certainly the, the opening is there, you know, for, um, for people to, to do that, to fold them down. It's, it's certainly not for the faint-hearted because there's a lot of pressure that, that comes in with that, you know, when you're looking after other people's stock and, yep. and so on. But, um, yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good life. Um, Mum and Dad um, started building it up. Did you get to, ever get to the stage that the three of us um, and you say to yourselves, what are we doing? We're getting out of control again. This is meant to be retirement. Did ever that sort of – I know, obviously, not for yourself it wasn't retirement and maybe Dad had that maternal side that he just goes, well, I've got to look after me, baby girl. But um, <laughs> did you ever get to the stage and you think, oh, what are we doing? No, no. No, I don't think so. No, um, Dad loved it. Yeah, absolutely loved it. And um, Mum's a very good horsewoman. Yep. And so, no, no. And Dad was, you know, like every morning, loved to get up and get out there and get going and and that sort of thing. There was no no sitting down or anything like that. So, no, you know, some some days you'd have your day if you're having a, a bit of a bad day and you've had a few things go wrong and you question yourself. Um, but no. Jock and I, as you know, have just yep. come back from holidays and um, we were standing out on the balcony and it was beautiful sunshine, the waves were rolling in, it was just perfect. And I said to him, I said, now we've got to look at this and when we're having those awful days or the late nights or whatever's happening, this is our reward. Yep. You know, so that, that keeps you rolling on. It, it, it's a, a funny thing too, though, because I know um, we get caught up in what we, we do. And I think sometimes people think that it's only standard bread 
breeders in this occasion or you know anyone involved in the in, that these things happen to but it happens in any life like you said you were in queensland in a job probably a good paying job you know you you know you might have had that high-rise apartment with an ocean view <laughs> but you're not necessarily happy like no. it doesn't those things don't even actually make you happy sometimes we forget what we do have in the industry exactly exactly and you know i was very fortunate um being born into the the horse industry um and so I, I grew up with it and, and so on. And then, but yet when I was 16, I left school, I worked a year at home and I thought, no, I think I want to work in an air-conditioned office, white uniform. Mum and Dad were very, yep, you go, you go off, you do that. So whatever path I chose, they were with me 100% and they still are now today. Yep. You know, you have that backing, which is so important. And it is important to go away and work for someone that's not your direct family so that you know how to work as a worker, yep. you know, what's expected of you and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm very, very, very fortunate. It's actually a funny thing um, when you're your own trainer, I'm fortunate enough now with my daughter, we, you grow up and you all sort of do things and... and Greg Sugar's actually said it to me the other day, like um, he's trying to get Holly to go and work for him and I'm trying to stop it, so yeah. it's okay. But basically, because we are brought up around it, we have this enormous work ethic, if, if that makes sense. It's just yeah. natural. We don't actually realise we have it. And sometimes that step away yeah. for you to realise and also you know, mum and dad or whoever else it is to realise what you can do, yeah. it's ridiculous. exactly. And it, it comes back to, I think, your heritage and what you've... and. You know, the country lifestyle for me, you know, I'd I love to go to the city. I'd love to have a couple of weeks down there and, you know, all that sort of thing and, and get a little bit urbanised, if you like. Yep. But still, it's it's. I like to come back. I like to be hands-on. I like to, you know, see the, you know, the, the four seasons, you know, across it. I like that. I, I yeah. Do we, understand, do we undersell what we have a little bit, like as in as an industry? Um, I know it's bloody hard work, but do we actually undersell it a little bit as well? Like we, that's what maybe why we don't get new people into it. I think I think we might actually when you when you think you know like we'll all say oh you know it's pretty tough going, but there's a lot of good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Like you you know it's such a a privilege to breed these beautiful mares and see their foals born and walk out into a paddock of, a, you know, a, a really good, well-looked-after pasture paddock and, and see the healthy horses there and, and enjoy that. That's, that's a privilege to be able to see that. And there's fun as well, which we do, you know, undersell, like race days, and we, we'll get to that in a sec with your Menangle hat on, but um, even yearling sales, I know, like, probably until um, getting associated with Nutrien, always go on to yearling sales, if you like, and and tried buying horses and you yeah. go home straight after. With this job that I've been able to have, you have a, you're finishing up a lot later and you, and you go back to the bars afterwards and there's a lot of fun to be, to be had. Good sales, bad sales. Mm. People still get together, yeah. have a drink afterwards, chew a little bit of fat and before you know it, it's actually a little bit of camaraderie and a bit of, a bit of fun that we, we undersell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I think you've got to... Yes, it is hard work, but you've got to enjoy it and you've got to, yeah, Im immerse yourself in it. Um, but, yeah, there's a, a lot of good good times in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there is. And, and, you know, yeah, we go to the sales and it, there's a lot of pressure on then too and that's probably 
um, we commercial breeders, if this is your main form of income, you've yep. there is that's you know, and it, the, I think most people tell you there's a lot there. The pressure that's there is is really there, and then when it's all over, it's like a release. Yep. And you just think, oh, thank heavens for that, or you know, whatever. And then you rock home the next day, and you look out your foals, and you think, who have I got next year that might be a top price? And that's one of the reasons I'm doing this now in the middle of winter, because if there's ever a time where there's no pressure on you, not weaning, yep. you, you might be looking at um, who to send your early mares to. Yeah. But other than that, it is, you know, you've got, as you said, got back from holiday Queensland and, you know, I know a few other people have been out and mm. about. They've been um, the jet setting around because you've got that chance to catch up. The pressure part of that is something that has, I suppose, gets higher and higher every year, I would imagine, for commercial breeders like yep. yourselves. Yeah, it does. Um you know, because what we're doing now is you're reaping those rewards in two years' time. Yeah. So you're trying to have a crystal ball and predict what might be fashionable, if you like, and, you know, that, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, but at this time, yeah, it is a bit of downtime. You know, we catch up on your maintenance and, and, you know, the gardening and any building you want to do. You do all that in the in the winter and, and this time. And it, it becomes like a... As we get further through early September, late August, you're just in that holding pattern. Like you're waiting, you're waiting for it all to start. And sometimes that's the that's the longest part of the season. Like you're just waiting for it to get going. <laughs> the beauty of it is the weather warms up and you don't have to have the heater blaring. And exactly. You can go outside. It's exactly. a lot more with, comfortable. With, going outside with five layers on. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, back back here to the farm. Like you guys have bred um, horses, like the Gibson name in harness racing has been around well since 72 so 50 yeah. years um yeah actually this year we celebrate uh 56 years in business yeah yeah so that's um that's pretty cool to be in business for any length of time but for yeah you, you said there before six um when you had 600 acres i imagine you had a heap of mares then you retire or dad retires tries to retire if this is a retirement yeah, place yeah, that's <laughs> but i would imagine you would have come with a small band of mares hmm. Are you happy with one of the band of mares that you have now and, and do you continually try to, I suppose, expand them and, and top them up? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, every couple of years we go through and there, there'll be a couple of older mares or something that just doesn't fit where I see where I want to be and we'll sell a couple of those and then we'll buy a couple in each year and it's a, um, it's a turnover type thing and I've, I've taken a part out of the um the thoroughbred industry they they won't keep a mare for you know 15 years they'll do a few foals and then sell and if if she kicks on and she breeds two group one winners for the next person fantastic you know yeah. that's that's really good it's, it's about turn turning them over and and i really like what the thoroughbred people do in that regard um and it's something that doesn't happen in harness racing not no, not a lot, not a lot. You know, you'll find that if we get it, and and I'm guilty of it myself. If you can call being guilty of it, you get a line and it just works. Yeah, you cling to that. But there's other mares there that um, you know you might sell on. They'll go to another stud or another person will buy it, or it you know just because it doesn't fit your line anymore, it might be a real boost to the next person that's coming in, and they'll pick up that mare and run with her. Did did that have um, rules, if you, if you like, as far as in, I'm sure you had a lot of rules by the smirk on your face. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as in uh, mares, um, did he have sort of these steadfast rules that you know you had to stick by when, when for any horse on success stud? 
Uh, no. Um, there's, there's a story here. Um, we're at the back of the crush and um, he said, oh, Jack, we, can we get a free service here? And this mare's ready to breed. What, what's about there? Anything going on? I said, oh, I'd, I'd have to have a look. Two IC. Yep. Yeah. So yep. sometimes things happen just for Th- the... Things happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, yeah, but I think he... Dad's was always about, you know, the confirmation of the mare, the bloodline. We used to start off and think, oh, you know, she had to have won 50,000 and gone 59. Yep. You know, that sort of thing. Now um, we're down to... And I used to always say, oh, 100,055 record. Now we're still the 100,000 plus and a 53 record. Is That's what, you know, ideally we'd like to, to, to bring in. It's so, all about speed and money to move ahead. Yeah, well, that, so that was the part of my question was going to mm. be, so do you now have yeah. similar rules? And obviously yeah. um, the answer to that is, do you find that hard, that evolution? Like you're talking horses, you're not going to take a mare in, you know, you want mares that have, you know, won 150 and, and gone 153, which is... Yeah, times even 10 years ago, you'd laugh at. Yes, exactly. Do you find that part hard to keep up with? Oh, yeah, it is really hard, particularly, you know, um, 18 months, two years ago, just before COVID, when all those good mares were selling to America, you know, and we just didn't have a chance, you know, going against that that sort of money. Um, And, yeah, you know, and you've got to be sensible. And sometimes I bend the rule occasionally and, you know, something will lobby in here and mum will say oh, where does that... And I say, oh, well, I might have liked it. Or, you know, yeah. like, you know, you've got to be a little bit flexible. But that's, you know, for any big investment, that's... that's Or a mare that's been a, a really good producing mare but still young enough to, you know, give you those those good quality foals. What makes you break the rules? And, and I'll give you a chance to sort of think about that. Um, Ray Green at the Weanling Sales, I was fortunate enough because he's a, a very astute person in, in New Zealand and... Um, he sort of was telling me some of the guidelines that he that he goes by, and obviously he was sharing with me what he wanted to, to share with me yeah. because I mean his record's just sensational. But he actually broke one of his rules this year, mm. and I'm not going to say what that rule is by any stretch. Um, and I said, "Why was that?" He goes, "I just I just had to have it." Does that happen yeah. to you? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, it does. Sometimes you'll you'll be on your rule, and then a mayor will get offered to you, or you'll hear about it, and you think. Oh, yeah, just mightn't mightn't fit into the rule, but there's something about it. It's only got a two-minute mile rate or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you just... Sometimes you've got to go on what your gut tells you, you know, and if you you go somewhere to a sale or something like that and you just see a mare there and you just think, oh, you know, she's just got something about her and then you look through the pedigree and you think, oh, it's not too bad... You can make anything look good, you know. Like you, you get the I wants really badly. You can. You can so make is that when you when you say you look at a at a mare, and when we're talking yearling size, you're probably talking fillies, but mm. obviously later on, is it confirmation? Is it build, or is it they grab your eye and then you sort of look at everything else afterwards? Well, for them to grab your eye, they've got to have good confirmation and they've got to just have a presence about yep. them. Um, and, you know, you, you might just sort of get caught by that and then you go over and have a look and if all its legs are right when they're standing still and then you see them walking, you think, oh, yeah, I can go a bit more. But on that, there has got to be something that just initially makes you look at them. Trust your gut sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 that's right. You know, like when you see a really good-looking, well, I can't say 
guy to you, but you know, like you just see some, and they're <laughs> some just, people will say you can, yeah, but well, I know what you mean. <laughs> but you know, they've just, like a really um, nice looking person. They've just got something, and then you look again, and you, you get know? drawn to those people yes. to find out more. Yeah, about more them and, about them. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, that's what I find. And I heard someone say once about um, when Christian Cullen was racing, and they were talking about his aura. Yeah. And I thought, oh, yeah, you know. No, no. Anyway, I saw him at um, um, Melbourne when we were there and at Mooney Valley. And I thought, oh, this Christian Cullen horse. And honestly, he had something. He was just one of those horses. He was standing in the box with his ears pricked. And you just thought, wow, yeah. you know, that is one of those horses. I was fortunate enough to see that very horse at Scott Dyer's and um, not groomed up not ready for the races and he still caught you it didn't yeah exactly he was just that sort of horse yeah. and, and you go back to the human version i think the person he was named after christian cullen had that same aura oh. about him he was that same sort of person that Absolutely. Drew, drew people to him yes. so yeah yep. which is back um yep. back to what you wanted to um see selling yearlings how do you go about probably i suppose getting that same feel for the ones you breed yourself like do, do you find it a little bit frustrating sometimes if you go out there and you and you can't get that wow factor if you like does it does that make sense or um when you when you when you have your own yearlings trying to say right this horse is lovely and you can justify it or do you try and look at them as that person's going to look at a horse for the first time and say oh yeah this one's got that little bit of something about it you you yeah Sometimes you get owner's eyes yeah, and you think, yeah. yeah, owner's eyes and you think, oh, you know, that's, that's got to be a good horse. But then when you're being realistic about it and you put your buyer's eyes on, you think, oh, no. And so sometimes th there are horses there that I think, oh, no, that's not really my style. Um, I, don't, I don't really like that. And there might be nothing wrong with it, but it's just something just doesn't, doesn't work for you. Um, and that's, you know, and then I've had beautiful yearlings at the sales and you think, oh, you know, someone's, this person who I think is really not, not their cup of tea. And that's fair enough. You know? Do you juggle with that? Like, do you, do you, do you find that personally hard? Like to, to sort of work out what everyone wants? Um, trying to treat, because I imagine when you've got yearlings, when you've got a draft of yearlings and, and you have McCarthy's or, you know, Tonkin's coming through, you're sort of hoping they like 100% of every horse that, that comes in. I know we all know that will never happen. Yeah. But, but do no, you juggle with that? No, no, because you've some buyers that come in, you know what they like. Yep. You know that they like a big, rangy, tough horse. You know that someone else will like a, a sharper, smaller, prettier horse. So you know, you know what, what they like and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then and then you'll, you'll have, have a horse that you'll pull out for someone and you just think, oh, I don't think they'll like this and they love it. Yep. So that can, you know, just sort they of They obviously change. get that, that, what we were saying before about those mares, there's something about it. Something Might about break it. break all their rules, but... But, but they be, like it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's one of the, again, we undersell this game so much, but there, that is a, the mystique of buying a yearling. And it doesn't matter if thoroughbreds or standard breeds. It's one of the great mystiques yep. about it. And it's one of the only sports where you can do that, where you can purchase a horse off the pedigree. Yep. Off what it looks like, the combination of both, 
or at the end of the day, just trust your gut. Just and trust, trust might your gut. Might be a four thousand dollar bargain, then you think I just reckon it's got a chance. Yeah, it's just got something about it. Yeah. Something about that. Like um, this year, uh, we had a filly go through, and she wasn't. She was nicely bred, but I had seen her from the from a foal, and you watch them grow, and you see what they do in the paddock, in that herd environment. And there was just something about her. I hope I'm right. You yep. know, I'll, I'll tell you if I am right yep. later. Yep. But, yeah, there was just, yeah, just something about the way that she covered the ground and that sort of thing. And, and that's what you look for, you know, when you're out there looking. Sometimes those foals and the good horses, they're bang, they're straight right from the get-go. Others will just grow on you a little bit. and then. But when they're in the herd and you see who's the first to the feed bin, who leads them out the gate, um, who who when they play who's the leader out in the pack or who rounds them up at the end are you ever learning do you continue to learn all the time yeah all the time and you know when people come and they look at their foals and and they someone will say something and you just think wow i didn't even think about it like that or it's something that you've known for a long time but you forget about things and then someone will ask you a question and then so you're talking to them about why and then you just think oh yeah that is I do know that it does click back in your mind all the time are you the sort of person that changes your mind are you like so um you know the first time you meet me you say I don't like Paul Campbell and then after like can you do that with a foal that you can say um I think that one's going to be in trouble. But then after a period of time, they start showing you stuff. You can change your opinion of a horse. Can you do yes, that? Yes, I can. I yeah. can. Because some people can't. There are some people that their first, impressions is, their first impressions are the only one they want to go by. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I've got a foal um, this year and I thought, oh, I was a bit disappointed when it was born. Still didn't really like him sort of three months. But now it's like, oh, now I look a bit closer at him and he's changing and he's growing into himself. I quite like him now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and that's the same as, um, you know, because they're all, they're all individuals, these horses. You can't just put them all into one. That's why good trainers are good trainers because they treat the, teach them all and treat Indi- them all as individuals. individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's they are individual horses. Do you see so many traits with your families? I've got so many questions in my head running around. I'm yeah, going to miss yeah, half yeah. of them. But like yep. family traits and, oh. and, and then you like that trait. Like if you see if you see one do it and you say, oh, the older brother did that, I like that. Like Yes, yeah, yep. yeah, you see traits. And it's interesting too, um, you know, with, with the um, embryo transfers and, and that sort of thing, you'll see um, a mare and you think, well, so a, surrog- a, su- a foal out of a surrogate, you were saying? Yeah, 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 because a lot of their behaviours are learned behaviours. And so you'll see that. And if you've got uh, like a – sometimes your embryo mares can be a little bit um, not terribly well hand- handled or mannered yep. or something like that. And so you think, oh, gee, I hope that doesn't pick up that habit. You know, if she's a mad thing that runs the paddock all the time, your foal will run the paddock all the time. Yeah. You know, and that's learned behaviour. Do you, do you get just on that then? Do you do you still get the hereditary behaviour as well though? Like can you, through those surrogate mares? Yeah, yeah. Because well, that the cell that's in there doesn't pick up any DNA from from your recipient mare. Yeah. Okay. So there's nothing. There's nothing there. But the learned the 
learned behavior, behavior can, can yeah. come come out. Yeah, for sure. That's why um, you know people will say, "Oh, we're looking for um, ET mares or something," and you might have a a, a mare that you think, "Oh," but and then I think, "No, I would hate to get that mare back carrying the my foal because yep. you invest so much money." you know into getting an embryo foal so you want to when the mare comes back your um your recip mare you want to be able to catch it you want to be able to do things because if you can't catch that that mare and that's got your you know for your betters delight or your captain treacherous foal in it you just think oh gee i really need to be able to do something with that yeah yeah Do, do you enjoy the evolution if you like like you're saying back in 1972 you know, Dad had nearly what thirteen stands. I think yeah. you said there at one stage, yeah. and and mares, and every one of them would have had to have come to the farm to being served, yep. either left there or driven in on a float. Yep. And um, I think actually that they had to be left on the farm for a long period of time, yeah. didn't they? And then yep. after a while, you could do drive-ins. Then embryo, uh, um, the straws started happening. Yeah. Now we've got embryo transfers. Do you do you um, love as it? A, you do. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, I love the science of it all, and um, it's. It's exciting. It's really exciting. And even developments that are happening now with, um, yeah, embryo transfers and and um, ICSI services and things like that, that's – there's so much we could, we could do. And um, I would love to be able to see us do two embryos a year. You know, I think that would be fantastic. You know, it would help with our foal numbers – you know, because they're talking yeah. about declining foal numbers. Well, here's our answer. We can do it. You know, we've got what the science there to do it. And not only that, it's quality horses. Well, exactly. Exactly. So we actually speed up that breeding pool. Yep. Yep. Whether, you know, they would say, well, it can't be by the same stallion. Well, okay, well, I'll breed to a different stallion. And I've got, you know, so that the maybe the bloodline isn't being lost. It's You've still got that bit of division. But I think it's something that we really need to talk about and I love that, have, it, have yeah. open mind discussion about it, you know, instead of someone just saying, no, you can't do that. I was like, well, let's talk about it. Yeah. And then everyone's about return on investment. People then, yeah. when they go to the sales, have that opportunity, if they have a quality mare, it makes a, the mare worth more money, yep. but also then means that, you know, there's two, two bites at the cherry, if you like, at a, at a sale for people to get a quality horse. And, you know, if you had two fillies in one year, like they could be the A plus bloodlines on the market. There's two opportunities, two different stay-ins, yep. um, and the industry would only win because there'd be better horses on the racetrack. Well, that's exactly right. And you know the um, the stock horse people and the quarter yeah. horse people, they they embrace it. They they're big, and the warm blood people, you know, they're they're big on it. So um, yeah, I think it's. Um, I would really like to see you know more discussion on it and you know bringing it bringing it to the fore people would say about the expense um of that but it, it, it's no different to when we're starting to do ai's and things mm. like that that there was always these expenses they get cheaper and cheaper as more and more people develop and understand how to yep. do it and more fail proof if you like there's more positive results again frozen semen everyone says oh it's so hard to get them in yep. no one even mentions that nowadays no 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 that's right and um marshall dobson who's a guy that a lot of standard yep. people will know um, he used to talk to Dad, you know, probably 40 years ago, and he laughs about it now because um, Marshall rang Dad one day and said, what about if we got semen from a horse in America and shipped it over here? 
And Dad said, Marsha, don't be so ridiculous. That will never happen. Yeah. Here we are now today. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really exciting. And the, the people, our people that are in our industry and in all horse industries, their, their education and the research, you know, we've got some of the leaders in equine reproduction, no matter what breed, you know, and it's, it's there. Yeah. You, you dabble in thoroughbreds. We were talking um, mm. out there when we had the, had the coffee. You've got one thoroughbred, yep. well, so you think, or staying that I absolutely loved. What do you think they would say to what you've just said then? Like, because, I mean, they won't even do AI. Like, so They're absolutely horrified. Yeah. Do you yeah. discuss that with them? Um, yeah, the, they would. Uh, the people on the big farms w- would absolutely love it because it would just alleviate a lot of problems you know um that they have when you've got to transport your wet mares away um there was there was a time that things still some people do it where they just you know the wet mare they leave the foal at home to drive the mare down to you know if they've got to go to scone or wherever and get it back yep. such an easy job and the way that um because we've been doing it for so long the standard breads it's set up ready to go it's how easy they just step in and all the kinks in the armour have been yeah. ironed out. They can say, right, well, this is the model we now follow. Yeah, this is how we do it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but, you know, you've got your traditionalists and um, they have their limit on their books too, and, you know, because the stallion can only physically serve so many mares. Um, I think a limit on our stallion books is a good idea. Um, I don't like the limit that they've put on it at the moment. I think that's that's quite harsh. Um, but With I do free returns and, and yeah, yeah I do I I do like a limit but um, maybe not as low as what it is at the moment yeah and it, I, there's definitely a different side which I'll say for another day but yeah. I, I won't because I think one of the frustrations I have with it is if they're a new investor so say you're at Coolmore and they say right we're going to get into horses right we want to breed three of these three of these and three of these because mm. they're in the top 10 sites and they can't get into them yeah and, and that's the reality is that they have to wait two or three years yes before they can get to those stands and and yep. i think that's that's one of the the shortcomings i think of their of the way we've gone at the minute it makes yep. it very very hard for a new investment to come in and start at the top they yep. can start at the bottom but to start at the top is very tricky for yep. them so that's one thing that um does worry me just on the thoroughbreds only the one mm. yourself and jock is there the dream to go get more or is that um it's just a bit of it's it's a bit of fun for us at this stage um tony dumasey my good friend and his sister and john well his sister and her husband john dwyer that we all have a share in this particular mare we'd like to um get another one yep and um you know do a bit of racing with it and then um you know maybe breed from it or you know whatever we do but yeah it's just a bit of fun at this stage but we love going to the thoroughbred races it's um it's it's an outlet yep and it's you can go there and you're not at work yeah um like you know when we go to the races now it is enjoyable but you you're still at work yeah you know you're still there in your capacity as you know being a stud person so we can go to the thoroughbreds and you're just nobody it's great do you enjoy going to the races? Standard breads? Yeah. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Yeah, I do like it. I, I do just like the way it. you said that with, with work and, um, yeah, I, I still want to say on the breeding part just at the minute, but yeah. I was just one of those ones I was like, I'm going to ask this because I've, you know, see you at Menangle um, and you're right because you've got to go upstairs and you've got to talk and 
I suppose you've got to be politically correct with everything yes. that you do and talk to the right people. You're just talking to a sponsor. You want them to come back and re-sponsor. So it can be tricky. Some people yep. don't always enjoy those sorts of things. No, no, they don't. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoy that that side of it. It's, um, it's a business side, but it's a different um, – it, it's, it's a different form of it, I guess. We will get onto that in a sec. You said there before about 2IC and Dad was basically at the back of the mayor and um, mm. I gather when you said what free service, it wasn't so much what can we get for nothing. It was do we have a straw sitting there from a stay-in that we can put into the, to yeah. this mayor. Pedigrees, is that something that you're big on and was Dad big on it? Like, yes. Or, and, and that mayor was just that yeah. one example? Or? Yeah. Um, with, for me, I, um, it's, it's about confirmation and temperaments. If yep. you've got a hot mare and you know that that stallion throws hot horses, maybe don't put those two together. Yep. You've got two little horses, don't put those two together. That, that sort of thing. Um, but now it's, it's – they talk about the niches and yep. things like that. We're all after that niche. I think there is a, a certain amount of clicking with some bloodlines and I do like to follow that through. Um, but yeah, it, it's and it, and it comes down to what we what we can afford too. Yep. You know, really. Do you do you actually do the pedigrees? Like, as in, so do you follow the the, the stands? Or um, Pete Judd said the other day, you know, he used uh, testament I think it is. Tessa, yeah, te- um, Tessio, one of those yep, things. Um, to do do his. Do you do you actually do it yourself, or do you no, have other people help you? And- I have um, three people that I trust, and I'll um, send my list of mares through, and I say, "What do you think?" And then they'll give me their ideas. I'll have my own ideas, and then they look at it um, in it with different eyes. Yeah. And sometimes we're all on the same page, and I think, right, oh, well, I'll go go that way. But um, yeah, I do. I can't do it all by myself, so I do. I do value their opinions. Um, is that important? Like to to have different eyes? Do you think to be able to step back yeah. and say I'm not the expert? Yeah. And these guys aren't the expert either. But between four of us, we've yeah, got a we chance. Yeah, we can we can work something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. And uh, I think if you think you are the expert in everything, well, that that'll be your downfall. Yep. You know, we're not we're not all the expert in. In you know, in what, what we, we think, what we do. Yeah. Um, when Dad was alive, like, was it just yourself and Dad? Like, to be able to do that, or was Dad always at that stage farming it out as well to get different people's ideas? No, no, he was he was mainly the the, the one, and um, you know, you'd be you know led by what was selling well, you know, what what sort of book numbers were around, what you know, g- general sort of talk. Um, yeah, but no, he was the, the main the main one on there. So my first year was like, oh my god, what yep. am, what am I doing here? Um, but then you just sort of had to think, well, you know, I've been doing it for so long now. I just had to have a bit of trust in yourself. What was two I C by? Two I C Umbro Operative. Oh right, so the yellow bar boys will be happy anyway. Yeah. So I was, yeah, I was yeah, just, yeah. I was actually wondering. I was thinking, wonder what you actually had the the um, the straw left, and like he was, you know. That's, this is the thing. There's there is so many rules, and one one of these ones I want to get out there. People have so many rules and, and, and rhymes and all the rest, but he's nearly the perfect one because you say about confirmation and making sure everything's correct. But of course, he got his name because he only had one eye. Yeah. Like, so I mean, he had so many adversities. Yes. Uh, the mayor was in foal. Dad says, "What do we got? Let's go." Yeah. And you get a champion. And then away we go. Yeah. 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 Whether he was a champion, he's my. He's champion. great horse. Like, my yeah, no, no. Well, it, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think we undersell that. I think you, you say champion and people, are, oh, geez, Paul, he was he was a nice horse. Well, who cares? We undersell it. I mean, yeah. there's a hundred champion footballers this year. They exactly. won't be champions later on, but for some reason, 
we do ours, but it, it does get frustrating. Um, I would imagine Dad's passing would have been hard, but as the years go by, do you appreciate what your dad did to the industry? Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm so uh, both of Mum as well. Yep. Um, yeah, so proud of of what you know what they achieved, and um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Like this, this is here because of his foresight, and you know, yeah. Their their passion, um, yeah, d- definitely. And so I'm with the opportunities that they've given me. I'm so grateful, yeah. so grateful for that. But you've taken it and ran with it as well. You haven't sat back. You're not. You haven't been. You know, the spoiled little rich girl that's sat back and done done nothing. And 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 you are driven. And I would imagine that's been installed with basically your upbringing from mum and dad, basically about the yeah. industry. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very, very lucky. And, um, but it still comes back. If you didn't, if you didn't love it, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, wouldn't do, do it. it. You, you couldn't do it. Yeah. Um, you know. But yeah, I'm very, very lucky. And, and with, with Jocko, um, he's my the, the love of my life. And um, he, he hasn't come from a horse background. He's yeah. coming from motors, you know, motors and engines and cars and different horsepower. Yep. But um, yeah, that's so. You know, with his support and with the support of Michael, who works with us, and and Mum still very much keeps keeps me on the on the toe as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jocko's good welder too, because I think every time I've come here, he's been welding. So been he's welding something, <laughs> and he is so precise. Any anything he does, he just does it perfectly. I'm going to bring a bike next time I come, but I'm scared about riding with him because I think he'd be a bit too precise for me on the bike oh, riding too so gosh. yeah well i i bought a bike because i thought oh well you know that'll be nice we'll be able to do that together and it was like no you've got to have your knees like this you've got to do this you've got to do it. i just thought oh no <laughs> some things you do alone you don't worry about yeah this. no no um yielding sales uh basically how i've got to know you um and see a different side um, to you, one, thank you for your professionalism and it's one thing that I want to get out there because, I mean, the bar has been lifted with how people present you guys all in a similar uniform as are, you know, everyone else that I've been interviewing so far and people I haven't interviewed. Like, I do... I actually love the way people present yep. now as a team. Thank you. But the yearling sales are an integral part of, of success start as well and have been for as mm. long... as long, Like you say, 42 at one stage. Do you... Uh, do you, I've already asked if you like it, but I mean, do you look forward to the yearling sales each year? And do you, do you think about, are you already thinking about, you know, um, next season? Absolutely. Um, not, not, not just selling them, but potentially marketing and, and yep. how you do things differently? Yep, yep. You're thinking all the time. You've, and that's where a bit of competition um, Pushes you know, you. Is, is really good. And we go to the thoroughbred sales. Um, we look at what they're doing there. Um, we don't have the budget of what the thoroughbred people do, but um, yeah, it's just about being the best that you can that you can be and and put out there. And I um, am so proud. It gives me such a buzz um, when I see my crew walking along. You know, first couple of days in the in their t-shirts, the, the white JGs on the back, and then they some morning they done the boxes, got the horses ready. They go and put their uniforms on. It's such, I feel so proud of them like that and they walk along and they're an army and 
they all come together and they're um, they're proud of the horses that they're presenting. You know, like we have a huddle in the morning and it's a bit of a G up for us all and they're out there ready. They're ready to go. It's one of the things I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, generally, I've just got a black shirt on and uh, sort of there's only one or two or grants with me. Um you go to Warwick Farm, especially in the and the breakfast, and it's a little bit of a boutique, if you like, mm. breakfast area. But as you said, there the army, the teams, you know, yep. like they're in their their yep. colours, um, and they sit around and have breakfast together and and walk off. Still, will walk past you guys and wish you luck and everything else like that. But oh. it's almost like everyone's everyone, the group of sellers, they 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 get closer. If you know what I mean, like instead of walking one meter apart, they're walking half a meter apart, and it's yep. it's one of the great things that I enjoy. And again, probably try and capture a little bit more of it next year. Yeah, what it actually means to each individual farm and, yep. and being being there. And it's great when you you know um, when we all get together and you know it's it's nerve wracking when you when you first get there. You just want to get your horses there safe, and then once everybody's settled in the box, I really like because sometimes we only see each other. Yeah. once a year or something so it's great to catch up and see you know how was your season you know you can sort of run a few ideas off a few you know you might all talk on the phone during the year if you're ordering semen or whatever but to see everybody there and um you know to catch up and you know you see their their kids like melanie uh, Nellie called her Mel anymore. She's always yep. been Mel more to me, but Mel Setri and Benny. And you see their kids grow up and, you know, it, it, there's that side of it too. Yep. You know, see where everybody's they're up to, whether their kids are going to uni or whatever now. And it's, it's, a, it's a nice thing. You know, in our industry, we're, we're small enough to still know what everybody's up to in a way. The professional bar is going up. Mm. Um, we want more stake money and we'll talk about that. We'll put your um, New South Wales hat on in a, <laughs> in a minute. But, um, and you know, I think a lot of it we do have to, you know, personally I think we have to lift it up, up, up higher but mm. there is still that hobby side to things and, mm. and I mean that, that, that it is people being friends with each other. It's not this, when you get up here, sometimes it gets us against them. It is not that. And that's one of the great things it, about it, isn't it? Yeah, it, it can't be us against them because the industry is not big enough no. for that. It's not, um, you know, we're, we're a small band and it, if something happens, we'll all be on the phone. What can we do? What yeah. can, how can we help? Yeah, and that's you a great know. part about our industry yeah, as well. People yeah. do talk together, which is, yeah, which is good. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, what is... What is next for success starters? Is, is this you're, you're happy with where it's at? You don't want to get bigger. You don't want to get smaller. You're sort of comfortable where where it is. Um, there there'll be changes coming ahead for us. Yep. Um, we want to enjoy it a bit more. So no, we're not going to get bigger. Be bigger. No, no, no. no. Um, we'll we're still looking, you know, to to build a few more broodmares into the our own own uh, success yeah Yeah, our own band of mares um but no we don't we don't want to be any bigger no um you know we're just going to cruise along and concentrate more on our own yearlings that we that we sell through um and just just maybe just enjoy it a bit more Sort of half suggesting you might just wind it back just a touch, but um, I, I well, said that you didn't say that, so you don't have to worry. You can turn around and say, "No, Paul said that. I didn't say that at all." Well, I, I, I've been saying that for the last couple of years, and then it just doesn't happen. But um, one question I should have asked you: How many mares on the farm? 
Uh, there's 45 here at the okay. moment, 45 mares and 33 weanlings yeah. that That's are here. And we do some spe- uh, we do spellers. I think I've got 15 spellers here at the moment. It's a solid number still, though. Yeah. Oh, isn't it? yeah. And that's that's comfortable. Yeah. Um, you know, in stud season, we'll probably have another forty-five mares walk. You know, come in just for the season walk walk-in mares. We call yep. those and to fall down. Um, so there's pressure with all of that. You know, people expect their mare to go in foal, and and we try our best. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, so you feel like you're letting people down, but you're not really because you've done everything that you can possibly do. Sometimes it just doesn't doesn't happen. Yeah. So... Um, just on that, just so people are aware, the 45 mares, that's not... Um, they're not all success stats. Oh, no. And, and I don't want you to divvy them up. I just yeah. I don't want people to think, geez, Jackie's got 45 yeah, mares. She's no. got stacks of them. Yeah. So there is there are outsides. Yeah, okay. no, we've got um, 11 mares that we own. And, um, yeah, we've got a really lovely core group of owners that have been with us for for a long time uh, i had one of them i spoke to probably two months ago and he goes i think i was the first client that came to you and i said i think you were <laughs> so you know that's that's really nice too and um it's it's lovely to to know them and to see their kids come into the industry or whatever or just to know you build up a rapport with them and you be, they're not just clients, you become friends with them, yep. you know, lifelong friends. Um, what was your first year last year, the nutrient experience? Did you enjoy it? It was great. Yeah. It was really, really good, really yeah. good. Um, the service, the contact um, and then when we arrived down there, the amount of green shirts that were there and it was fantastic yep. i i can't i can't speak highly enough um of the yeah the, the service and they would they would just help you and smiling faces and it was wonderful yeah really no. great really I mean, great uh, you know like it was a trying sale but that happens mm. um but yeah i'm glad you glad that you did harness racing it is in your blood um, was Dad ever on the um, boards? Like, was he? Um yeah, um, the Queensland boards. Um, he was on. Uh, I think it was called Botra Breeders Owners and Trainers. Yep. Uh, up there, um, he was for a while. He was on with uh, Albion Park, I think. But that's like late seventies, early yep. early eighties. Gosh, yep. that's so a long. So back before thing. he was even here. So yeah. Once, oh, once well he was here, truly. he stepped yep. away from all that. Like he did retire, and 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 it was just pretty much his farm here. Yes. Yep. 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 Yeah, so it wasn't on the boards and things. Um, yeah, yeah, no, he was just just floated around here. How did you how did you end up on the board at Menangle? How did that? Um, that that um, started with just a phone call one day with uh, Alex Smith, who most people know. He's the most beautiful person, and he has mares here, and we have a couple of mares that we have together. And he was just talking, and he I'd I'd never, and I said, Alex, um how would I get on the board? He goes, oh, really? You'd be interested? I said, oh, yeah, have a, have a shot at that. I think, you know, it could be really good for me to learn more about the industry from that business side and, um, and for my future with whatever I decide yep. to do. And he goes, oh, okay. So that was, that was it. They put my for- name forward for nomination and away we went. So that's Clubman Angle, don't yep. Yes, not, not New South Wales. Um, and that's really important that people, uh, they understand that Menangle is not harness racing New South Wales. Yeah. 
yet two very, you know, it's, it's different. Yep. Club Menangle is just like every other club in New South Wales. We have to, you know, get direction from Harness Racing New South Wales, you know, for races and all sorts. So we're governed by them. You would have probably gone in there, you said there, to, to learn. I mm. would imagine you would have had your, your breeder's voice on and you probably had your, your ladies, your female voice on mm. as well, ready, um, depending on, on what was going to happen. Did it surprise you what you found when you first went into your first meeting or first couple of meetings? Yeah, I was really nervous Yeah, because I didn't know what you know how it was all going to run and, and that sort of thing. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, I've learnt so much. Uh, just about business as a whole and, and running a big corporation because Menangle Club is it's not just the the racing part of it. They have um, the Club Menangle, which is the um, the country club that's there, and there's the restaurant and the catering and everything through there, and then there's investments that they have. So it's not just racing. Racing is their is their core, but to see everything about it. Um, you know, and um, people management and so on. It's 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 really great. It's really good. Do you enjoy how much it's grown? Because um, oh. as a as a Victorian, um, I, I remember actually raced uh, the first year it was there. I came down mm. uh, in the Derby heats, but and and back then I think it was terrific. But if you haven't been there for 10, 15 years, um, the development of it, and now it's it is the envy of oh. I think every other racing track. I, th- I would imagine Queensland. If they're mm. aiming to replicate something, it would be Club Menangle and what you guys have got Ab- there. Absolutely. It's it's fantastic. And the work that goes into that to keep it running is I don't think people understand. Yeah. You know, what it's you know, from the groundskeeping to the management, the the whole lot. It's it's a it's a big industry. I will put my hand up and say because I I don't like I do get paid by Club Menangle, mm. um, Miracle Mile Ladyship, and I'm going to be back for the Eureka, and we'll touch on that in a sec. Um, I will say that I do get paid by Club Menangle just to do interviews and things like that on the day, in case people are saying, "Oh, this is written and spoken." But I do think I don't think you'll get too many arguments. The horse stabling area is exceptional. There's a viewing platform upstairs, which yep. I think is futuristic and yep. terrific because I think that's one of the things that people can. Um, Everyone wants a paddle horse. Not everyone yep. does want a paddle horse. Mm. There are a lot of people that we want to just be able to see what's going on. Yes. And you've got this this option to there. As you said, Clubman Angle just around the corner. The stabling, the on-course, uh, what you guys have got down there, that is the envy of, I, I would imagine, just about every training centre in Victoria because yep. we don't have one and um, the facilities you've got down there. So I think it's it's terrific. And it, it only helps grow our industry, which oh, I think is enormous. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, the different things and they're looking all the time at at trackside yep. to keep keep improving things and, you know, make things better for our participants, which is really important because without the participants, what have you got? Yep. Do you, do you enjoy the way the industry's going, Jackie? Like when, and when I say that, I don't want just breeding. I think, you know, holistically, do you enjoy the way harness racing's going? Yeah, I do. I do. I think, um, you know, there's always different things we can do to tweak it and, and improve. Um, but I do, I do enjoy the racing. I love the breeding. Um, love the yearling sales. Love the people. Just, you know, more, more promotion and people coming in and seeing what it really is about, you know, that there's, there's some lovely people 
you know, the sponsors included, you know, in, on the big nights and things like that. And it's just people all getting together with that one core interest and that's the racing. Yeah. Is there something that you see that we can do better? I'm going to ask you about the breeding in a sec, so I don't want it on the breeding, but is there something like as, as far as I'm just giving you a bit of time to think about it um, that we, we can do better? Like from afar, I don't like driver's colours because I think trainers put so much time into it, yet I enjoy the fact that you can pick Cam Hart, you can, you can pick your drivers out, Jack Callaghan, as they're coming through, you can uh, Josh uh, Jack Callaghan, sorry, uh, yep. Josh Gallagher. You can you know who's driving those horses mm. um, going through. But the other part of that is those guys buy into it because they don't just wear their colours. I mean, they they strut in those colours. They walk around. They have a fair bit of pride. You know, young Jack, um, he's good looking rooster. Um, he wears his colours. He's always got them zipped up, done yep. up, and that. Like I, th I do enjoy that. But are there sides to the industry that you can see that we could do better and enjoy? Um, I think ed educating our younger people to, to come through with uh, learning about how to work within the media, yep. which, it, which we're becoming so much better at now. Um, I, I like um, owner's colours. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I, as an owner, you love to see your colour out there. But I understand, too, with the punters, um, they go on the drivers and, and, you know, the horses, too. So, you know, there's, there's for and against for, for that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Right, uh, we talked for a long time. That's okay. It's probably someone chasing. I don't even know where it is over there. Uh, the, the breeding and, and you, I mean, you gave me just a, a monster before, which I think is awesome, you know, about potentially having, you know, two or three embryos out of mm. the mare in any one season and, and how that could make it, it, it look differently. Is there another harebrained Jackie Gibson idea? Uh, or I have lots of harebrained ideas. Um, I think that's, that's my main one at, at the moment uh, and I've had that you know for I've spoken about it for a long time um, and I think that that we yeah we, we should be looking down those lines I'm I'm certainly not into one for sexing of semen no. anything like that I think you know what um, you get is what you get yeah exactly exactly so but yeah, I, I would like to, to see us maybe explore that a little bit yeah I, th mm. I, th I think I think it's um it's great. I, as I said, I, I want to get around here, promote what people have got, and 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 suppose raise awareness for for the people in the industry and mm. the people driving the industry. And again, I'm not I'm not all about the breeders, I'm not all about the punters, I'm not mm. all about the trainers or the drivers. I think it's a it's a whole industry as whole. But right at the minute, as I said, because I'll come back here say February. And I won't be offered uh, a 40-minute uh, sit-down for morning tea <laughs> and then and afford it because <laughs> you guys just don't have that time. And if you do have the time, you don't have the stamina. Like, it's sort of like, well, I'd rather just sit down and catch my breath for five minutes. So it does get busy. So it's a great time to be able to catch up with yeah, people. Yeah, it does. But I think you'll find that people that are in the industry will live, eat and breathe. Yeah. You know, so you've got someone that wants to talk about it. As, yeah, it's great. No. It, it's great. And we were talking before about, you know... To all about the commercial breeders and so on, and the hobbyists—they are so important to our to our yeah. industry. You know, um, that someone that comes in here with their one mare and 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 so on—that that person is just as important as someone with five mares here. Just just on that, and and again, you have a Menangle um, hat on, but mm. harness racing New South Wales. 
and the breeding schemes that have been implemented and continue to be grown mm. on um, as we go. One, one, you must be sort of proud of what the way all of a sudden, because to be honest, again, a Victorian, we've had the Victorian Size Stakes program and mm. it has worked so well and there's other schemes. Yep. But all of a sudden, New South Wales have said, rightio, we're addressing a problem. Are you, are you proud of that and, in, and enjoy the way that that's, that's going? Oh, ad- absolutely. You know, that's... Um that's that's really saved us. And an, another thing, which is oh, sort of on the same path, I suppose. I'm, I'm so proud of what um, Cobbety Equine Farm yep. with their race yep. that they've got going. That's and then that's, of course harassed trotters as well. They've got a yeah, trotting one as well. And then you've got Lower Long Farm, yep. Northern Rivers. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. You know that to um, yes, there are some conditions around it, but just to that that's great for our industry fantastic yeah, yeah and, and then like basically i think um i don't know what uh, the comedy one is i know they're about seventy five thousand dollar heats for the two-year-old trotters with harassed trotters it's a hundred thousand dollar bonus with cats they're all a little bit differently like i mean the yeah. harassed trotters one is going to be an actual race series uh lower long farms if you win the vic bread um well, for that year but, um luke and belinda's is um it's it's the the race and it's on again for foals being bred this year um it's a hundred thousand dollars colts and fillies yep but you've got to be by their stallions Stallions. yeah Yeah. so how good is that and then they do a great job with their stallions because i mean they've got um imports captain midnight's uh mcwickets those sort of Mm. horses but they've also still got for a reason bling it on a horse that they race trained broke in yeah king of swing Yep, and the well, he hasn't hit the ground, but those—I mean, those two horses for a reason—and and bling it on. The job they do is just enormous. Oh, it's incredible! It's incredible. Um, <laughs> we covered a lot of ground. I nearly forgot the Eureka um, yep. coming up very shortly. Like it said about it, uh, and and the rest. Are you excited about the yeah. race and the build-up to it? Yeah, it's um, it's something that harness racing in Australia hasn't seen before. Yeah. You know, it's um, it, it's super exciting, super exciting. And we don't know where else it could lead to. What other spin-offs could there be? You know, and the fact that we've, you know, got John Singleton from the Thoroughbred, that's going to open our industry up to a lot of Thoroughbred eyes, which is super. Yeah. And like it said that, you know, he hasn't done a lot just at the minute, but it hasn't been race day. So once no. we need him to experience that race day and, in, 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 and experience what it's about. Exactly, exactly. I think there's, well, as we stand now, there must be, what, 57 days to go until it's till it's on. I know that um, the guy that's in charge of um, our catering and hospitality, he knows down to the day yep. of what, of you know, how long we've got. So, um, yeah, I better, it's... I better check that up because I'm actually meant to be working there. So yeah, Jess will tell me off. Jess will tell me off if I She'll don't be on that to you. She will too. She's a, she's actually a ripper. Um, yeah. Jess that does does a great job. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can't wait. It'll be you know so good and um, mainstream media is just going to give us exposure. Incredible, and the, fantastic. And there is also the spin off of it. Off you were in, up at Gold Coast just recently, but you know this Queensland Winter Carnival and like Leap to Fame and all these horses mm. are going around now. You know, there's, I think there's three slots left um, to be taken up. If a horse happens to beat Leap to Fame, yeah, so they're not only racing. So Queensland all of a sudden has so much more meaning to it. Yes. Like, and that's the build-up to this race. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we spoke briefly this morning um, about the Eureka and it's, you know, we're just being the girly line, I'm just waiting. There'll be a mare pop up somewhere. Yeah, it's something you want too. You yeah, want to see that. Absolutely. that di- yeah, it happened uh, this year with the race. Yep. That all of a sudden, 
I'm not being disrespectful, but there, there wasn't a standout next bet. I think they had a horse scratch. So mm. they decided, well, um, the horse that won the New... She won the New Zealand Oaks the mm. like, year before. And not only that, she's a little bit of a quirky mare. Mm. Has a lot of ability. Unfortunately, she galloped. She was going to run third and she galloped mm. on them. And that was that quirkiness comes back yep. into it. But it did throw that that intrigue because all of a sudden yep. everyone sort of thought well we're a chance of drawing here here and here and then it was a last minute thing and they said right and then they got barrier one yep and that can happen so yep. there is a tree yep. do you enjoy slot races do you enjoy this um i suppose uh era of uh, new races it's, uh, it's something new and um it's it's a bit of change in the wind and everybody gets a bit freaked out by change but i think it's something that we should embrace and see where it takes us risk of getting hit here you are from a, an older generation. Do you enjoy change? Because I, I mean that in a nice way. Because I mean, younger people are basically well, they they command change. I mean, T Twenty cricket and things yep. like that. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, abs absolutely. Um, I think my um, formative years, can we say? Yep. Um, a lot of changes happen. You know, in the last twenty years. You yep. know, we went from a, a fax machine all sorts of things you know mobile phones yeah change is good yeah changes change is good yeah you know how many times fax machines come up with conversations i have with oh, people really? say, oh yeah everyone says oh, i remember using fax machines and i know my daughter and i reckon a lot of us would be like a what like a what they, a who yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they got what no is idea that? jackie thank you um i reckon i could chat to you for about another two hours three hours but i really do appreciate it well done for everything that you guys thank are, you. are doing here i encourage people to come encourage people to come like within the next couple of months as well and, and yeah and, and, and have a look and a sit down and a coffee and yeah and, and learn a little bit as well like and when i say that they don't necessarily have to learn off you you can learn off them but oh, i mean that change of, of absolutely and it's great when people come in and and you know see their foals and so on and I, uh, I love it when someone comes in and they walk around the corner into the mare barn and they can't wait to get in there and see what they've got. And that is, that's a really lovely feeling, yeah. you know, to share that with, with people. And when you let the foals out into, into the paddocks, um, our protocol here is that they have their first night in the box or, you know, everything's good plus the blood test, out they go into the little front paddock that we drive yep. past a million times a day. And you see them out there and, you know, they take off and they pace straight away and it's, it's great. It's one of those things, isn't it? Right at the minute, there'd be a lot of people saying, why am I doing this job like it's pouring rain and you're trudging around in mud and you're trying to bring a mare up and everything else like that. It's that smell of the foal. It's the, the development of watching that foal change. Yeah. It's the selection. That the, yeah, there's something yeah. mystique about breeding and oh, I think we undersell it way too much. Absolutely. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, you know, like... We would have seen thousands of foals born and it's that first nicker that the mare does to the foal and it nickers back. Every time it gets me. Yeah. Gets me every time, you know, and it's it's such a special thing and sometimes I'm out there and I'm so absorbed in the moment I think, oh, I forgot to video that or something and then sometimes I'll get the video of it and it's a very special thing. I'm always going to video one of ours having its first suckle but there's this build-up anticipation waiting to see them actually make sure they get on the tee yeah. and have the, that you, you're like, oh, and I've got all the cameras and everything. They go, yeah. oh, we, but I don't have them out ready. But it's just, it is a unique thing, isn't it? This oh. euphoria of watching them and waiting for everything to happen. It is. It, it can dry, When you've got a foal that won't just actually hook on for straight away, that's so <laughs> frustrating when you're out there and it might be three o'clock in the morning, you think, oh, just, just please. But Marie has this bad habit. She 
has her tongue and yeah. she plays with her tongue. She's like, get on it. And you can see her moving her own tongue, yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to will the horse yeah, onto it. Mine, doesn't happen. Mine is the roof of my mouth. <laughs> you know, like you're there and you're just, oh, please, please. But, um, yeah, it's a it's a very, very special, special, special thing. Nah, we've got to keep selling it. Jackie, thank you. Thank you for thank everything you. you do with Harness Racing. And um, I look forward to catching up with you. Absolutely. You know, Welcome anytime. Nah, thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. Thanks.